piece of advice would, would be to, to, to trust yourself. You know, you're, you're going to make mistakes and I'm sure there's not an entrepreneur out there or there's not a business owner out there who has said, oh yeah, this was a very smooth process and I came up with this idea and I built it and everything worked perfectly just like I thought it would. You know, everybody goes through the, these, these growing pains and these struggles and, and the self-doubt. Um, like everybody has, every entrepreneur I think has these stories of, of yeah, I was struggling, things were hard, spent a lot of nights working, um, trying to make this work. And if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your product, then, then you'll never go anywhere but with Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's built several uh, startups and small businesses to seven and eight figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help uh, startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have a another couple of great guests on the episode. And I think this is only the second or third episode where we've had more than one person on at a time. So we get a special treat today. Um, but we have Logan and Chester and uh, kind of an amalgamation of mostly on Chester's kind of background. Um, but uh, they were uh, did some Bitcoin for a while and worked on that, built it out, built out a product and spent over $200,000 on it or around $200,000 only to figure out it didn't work. It didn't want work how they wanted to. So rather than uh, continue to dump money into it, he just said, okay, I'm going to go back to school and get the expertise and the skills. And so I can do this right. Went back to schools, got a master's in computer science, uh, decided to pick it back up. And uh, short story is that's kind of where it leads up today. So with that much as an introduction, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Great to be here. So I gave a very brief, short, quick overview, but maybe if we want to jump back in history and start at the beginning, uh, tell us about your journey and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, so to kind of jump back a little bit. Uh, I, I had this idea um, probably in 2012 and didn't do anything with it. And then about 2016, 2017, um, I had enough belief in this idea that I started to put some money into it, but I didn't have the expertise, like you're saying, to to even know what I didn't know. And so I was hiring a lot of people off of TopTal and, and Upwork to do a lot of the coding um, and all the wireframes for me. And, uh, and they eventually came out with this product and uh, it was somewhat successful. People are downloading our, our application and, uh, but we ended up getting so many downloads and it wasn't even that many downloads, it was a few thousand downloads that it ended up crashing our back end. Mm. Um, and then I decided I could either continue to pour money into this, um, in, into people that I, I just I just trust to do things right without really knowing what they're doing, or I could uh, get the expertise myself to at least be able to express my ideas in a better way, to know what is possible, to know how it should be built, uh, to understand more of the architecture of the back end. And so that's whenever I, I, I came back to school uh, that, that's whenever I decided to get a, a master's in computer science. So, so pausing uh, right there just for a second, because you, you glossed over which one of the interesting facts. So you, you had the idea, worked on it, for, or kind of shelved it, and then said, hey, I've got enough faith in it, going to start doing it. And as you realized, I didn't have the expert, so expertise to build it yourself. So you, you sound like you kind of went and got a lot of independent contractors, freelancers to, to help build it up. 
And I think when we talked about or a bit before on the, the pot or before the podcast was you spent upwards of, I think you said about 200,000 to with all of those independent contractors building it and getting it ready to launch and doing that. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. I went through a lot of different iterations, you know, a lot of different ideas that I had. And at first, uh, my, my first idea, the, the, the scope of the project was ginormous, but I didn't realize how big it was and how impossible it was to build at the time because I didn't, I just didn't have the experience. And then uh, over time, as I, I started whittling that down, you know, mm-hmm. cutting off features and, and got back, got it down to just a bare base model of this is what the company is going to do. So no, I, uh, that makes sense. So a question I'd have is, you know, $200,000 to me and to most people, and I'm sure to you is not a, as is not a small sum, right? In the sense that that's a pretty sizable investment, both in time and effort and also in just monetary uh, investment. So how did you say, you know, and then you, you finally get a product, you develop it, you launch it, start to get some downloads, start to see some traction. And then you say it starts to crash as it gets too many users on it. But, you know, by that point, you've invested a lot of time, money, and effort. How did you make the decision that rather than try and fix what you have and keep building it, you're gonna put it on pause or walk away for a period of time to get the expertise, you know, to kind of do it right or to, to do it or how you intended to do it. How did you make that decision or do that transition? Well, the, that decision was kind of made for me in the sense that I just didn't have the funds to continue to fund this, you know. Mm. It probably would have cost another couple hundred thousand dollars to continue to build this out mm. uh, and to continue to pay people to, to do things that I don't even understand what they're doing. Mm. Um, I, like the people at TopTal is known for having great programmers, but they're very expensive. So mm. I was paying $150 an hour for a programmer to come in and program a, a backend that's supposed to run like a stock exchange. And it did kind of, you know, and, and he put it on, on an Amazon instance and that was running. So I'm paying for, for Amazon instances and, and relational databases to continually run this program that only halfway works. Mm. So, so, so the decision to, to put it on hold was, was a financial decision. I just couldn't afford to continually pay out money and hope for the best. So it was, if I were to not put words in your mouth, I'll put words in your mouth is <laughs> it sounds like, you know, so you basically got to the end, kind of had a, a product that was, semi-working, but in order to really take it to the, the fully functional or the get it out of beta and actually make a full-fledged product would have taken more time, money, and investment in dollars that you simply didn't have the dollars to continue on. So you had to say, what can we do alternatively or what can, or how, if, if I can't, if I don't have the money to invest, what do I do next type of thing, which has then led you to kind of go back to school and acquire some of the expertise that you, that you needed in order to do or understand what was possible and be able to be a, a bigger contributor. Yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, just just not knowing what, you know, just just shelling out money continually to to hope for the best wasn't a very good business model. And and, uh, it was frustrating for me just and it's probably frustrating for the developers as well as they're trying to communicate to me what's even possible and and things that I see. And I'm like, why can't you just implement this? This this seems like a very basic feature. And to them, it's, you know, they're, they're like, well, that's hundreds of hours of work, but I don't understand that on my end at that time. So, so I think it was frustrating for, for both the developers and myself, just not knowing um, what was possible. Mm. Okay. So you make that decision said, 
So when you made that decision, was it, hey, we're going to just simply shut it down. We're no longer going to continue to develop it. We're going to put it on the shelf. Was it more of a, we're putting it on a pause while I go get the additional expertise and skills in that? We're just saying, hey, I'm just going to shut it down, walk away from it for a period of time. And if I can pick it up later, great. If not, I'll move on to something else. So I just was curious, is it more of a pause versus a shutdown? Um, that, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I have a, a direct answer for that. I, hmm. At the time, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed. I still believed heavily in the product. And so I was like, well, I'll go, I, at the time I was getting a, uh, my undergrad in chemical engineering. And so I decided to pick up a minor in computer science. And so as I was getting my minor, I was, I was hoping that the minor would contribute enough knowledge mm. that, that I could pick this up again. Um, but, but really, I guess it was more of a shutdown than a pause. I, I was hoping it was a pause, but it felt more like a shutdown. Okay. So you go back to school, you get the education, you know, you go originally to do an undergrad and I think you went and got a master's. Is that, is that right? I'm working on my master's right Working now. on your master's now. Um, so then, you know, you put it on the back burner and you, I think it was you guys mentioned in the beginning of January, you started to pick it back up or pick something back up along those lines. So how did that, how did that go? Or what prompted you to get back into it, to pick something back up and to keep continuing on? Well, uh, you know, I, as I was working on my minor, and uh, I took a I took a few extra classes beyond my minor, even just to try to help me further, um, mm. focusing specifically on how these classes would help me with with Bitzer. Um, uh, I got to know Logan last year. You know, he, he's a he's an econ major, was also getting a minor in computer science, has a minor in math. Um, so so we kind of developed a friendship. And uh, I realized that his expertise as well as mine, that together, coming together, that we, we could really make this work. And, and so in January, we're like, okay, we have a very good base. At least we have, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of original code. We have all these other, all the software available to us. We have all this knowledge, but let's make this happen. We, we know we can do this. Mm -hmm. so, so in January, we really decided we're going to do it. And over the summers, when we really started you know, we spent a lot of hours, you know, late nights coding over the summer. Okay. So you, you started that in January. Now let's say we, and, and you guys, you guys teamed up. You said, we're going to make a go of this. We're going to, we're going to do it right. We're going to build it up. How has it gone since then? You know, you've got started in January. We're now in, you know, in October. How's that, how's that process gone and how's it, how's it turned out for you? Uh, it's been a lot of work, honestly. There, there was a couple uh, the, the, the crux of our, our software is that we, we created a plugin that has to be very easy for developers to implement. Mm. And uh, as, I, as I was trying to create this plugin, um, I, I hired a couple people. I tried to hire three different teams of people, and they all told me, hey, this is impossible. You can't do this. Mm. You're working software backwards. But I knew it was possible because I knew Facebook had done it, and I knew Google had done it. Um, uh, so, so it took me you know, several weeks and a lot of, you know, very frustrating late nights, but, but we finally got that to work and that, that was a pretty big moment for us. But, but, uh, yeah, there was times where we're like, this might not work out. Like if we can't make this piece work, then we don't have a product. Mm. 
So have you cracked the nut, solved the issue, still figuring it out, been successful, don't know yet, or where are you at? Oh, no, we, we cracked that over the summer. Okay. So you so cracked the nut. Months. Cracked the nut. Do you have, still working on it? Do you have a viable product out in the marketplace in beta? When do you plan on releasing or kind of where are you at in the development now? Oh, yeah, we have a viable product. Uh, we released a couple um, uh, beta versions and we got a production version. Uh, Google's reviewing it right now. Uh, right. We're, we're talking to other developers about implementing our, our, um, our software into their products now. Okay, so have it, have it out in the marketplace. Now you'll say take the next uh, six to 12 months. Where do you think things are going? Going to finish a master's degree, drop out of school, keep building this, do both at the same time. How, you know, kind of for the, the next six to 12 months, where do you think th things are headed? Um, it, you know, it, it, because our software runs on a, a cryptocurrency that we made, as mm -hmm. we're hoping as, as volume increases, we'll put our cryptocurrency on different exchanges and we'll use that. We, we give our cryptocurrency away to people who created an account on our platform, but we're also hoping to be able to uh, sell our cryptocurrency on exchanges to finance growth. Okay. So you, you, you do that, you figure out a way to do it with cryptocurrency. Then is it, is the intention, Hey, you're going to go out, build a company around it, market it, bring people on, make it into full fledged company. Do you hope to get acquired or bought off or bought out before then or kind of where you take the business? Uh, right now we're kind of playing it by ear, but, but yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head that, that we'd like to hire, bring on more people and build this out into, to a bigger company. Okay. As now, soon as we're hiring people, Logan and I have talked about it. As soon as we hire somebody, then we need to quit the, the master's program. We don't, we don't think it's fair to hire people um, if we can't fully invest ourselves into the project. Mm. So now we've heard a lot on Chester's side. Now, Logan, how do you fit into the picture? Or what's your journey along this, or along this uh, path? Yeah, so, uh, so Chester and I met taking some computer science classes, uh, not, not like this summer, but the summer before. And uh, uh, I guess we just started talking about stuff. Eventually he started talking to me about uh, like his project that he was working on on Bitzer. I was pretty intrigued and I thought it was like a really, really neat idea. And so uh, we started working together after that. Um, and so, yeah, we've kind of like split up the work. We kind of, uh, we kind of have different areas that we, that we emphasize in. Um, Chester does pretty much everything that you can like see and like, uh, uh, he does, um, he does everything you can see and he does like the game and everything. And then I've just done like some of the, the content stuff as well as uh, like server side. So I'm in charge of like making sure that everything that broke last time doesn't break this time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's kind of generally how I fit into it. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily uh, going to school planning on like working, working for like a startup and stuff, but, but uh, when you hear a good idea and you know it's a great opportunity, you have to take it up. Okay. No, it makes perfect sense. So, well, awesome. Well, <laughs> so looking at your journey, interesting journey. So maybe now is, I always have a couple of questions I ask uh, during the podcast and maybe we'll jump to those now. So, and we probably hit on them a bit, but you know, first question I always ask is um, during your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Um, uh, the worst business decision I ever made, 
I, I think I, I, I do a very poor job at hiring people, evaluating talent. And so I hired people who, um, uh, it, it's hard to hire good working, honest people, I guess, you know, people billing extra hours without delivering any products. Um, things like that, that, that was, that was pretty hard. Now that, that was a tough learning curve. Okay. So learning curve. So what have you figured out how to hire better? You still figuring that out or kind of, you know, learning from it, what would you do differently as far as looking at hiring? Um, so now whenever I hire somebody, I, I can immediately recognize the warning signs. Um, before, like, I, I won't name any names, but I hired one individual and his only job was to create wireframes. Uh, he'd worked on AAA games. Um, you know, he had, had a great website. So I hired him. It was very expensive. And mm. he built, you know, a lot of hours and really delivered nothing. Um, but as we're at each week, I'd be like, hey, well, what, what do you have? What do you have? And he's like, I'm working on it. You don't understand how long this takes. And nothing ever really materialized. But he kept telling me, you know, I'm working 40 hours a week. And he kept billing me for 40 hours a week without delivering anything. And now, you know, I, I can immediately recognize those warning signs. Um, I, I, I don't pay by the hour anymore, just pay for, for products, services. If somebody's good enough and they've done this long enough, they know uh, how long it takes them to deliver a product. So just, hmm. just uh, set things up, up front, be, be honest with people. Uh, I, I think that, that has really helped because we still hire people uh, to do small things for us, a lot of UI stuff. Neither one of us are very good at, at user interface. Okay, perfect, fair enough. So now second question I always ask is, so talking now to someone that's just getting into startups, just getting into small businesses, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, my piece of advice would, would be to, to, to trust yourself. You know, you're, you're going to make mistakes and I'm sure there's not an entrepreneur out there or there's not a business owner out there who has said, oh yeah, this was a very smooth process and I came up with this idea and I built it and everything worked perfectly just like I thought it would. You know, everybody goes through the, these, these growing pains and these struggles and, and the self-doubt. Um, like everybody has, every entrepreneur I think has these stories of, of yeah, struggling, things were hard, spent a lot of nights working. Um, trying to make this work. And if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your product, then, then you'll never go anywhere. But, but take mm. that first step, get out there. Even if you don't know everything, even if you know, you don't know everything, mm. um, at least take that first step, at least believe in yourself enough to, to try. That, that'd be my advice. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, if something, if like, if there's a clear path for what you need to do, uh, chances are somebody's already done it because you're you're probably just been uh, like basing your mental model off of something that someone else has done. Uh, but like, if you're gonna do something that like actually matters and can like make a difference in the world, you're gonna be doing something that's never been done before. And with that, there's always gonna be a lot of uncertainty. Um, like, you're not necessarily gonna know for sure how you're gonna get to the destination, and you're gonna hit like crazy roadblocks along the way. But you kind of just have to have like enough uh, belief in yourself and enough like perseverance and hard work that you know that you're, you're going to get through it and that you're going to figure it out. No, I, I certainly agree on all of that. So 
Well, as we now wrap up, people want to find out more about your product, want to reach out to you guys, want to be part of the team, want to invest in you, want to acquire you, they want to work for you, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you? Best way is through email, probably. Um, we have uh, the, the email that I think would be most, most related with that would be sales at bitzer.com. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's uh, like we're, we're always checking our emails. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back promptly. All right. Well, perfect. Well, I certainly encourage people to reach out to you if they have any interest, any questions, or want to make a connection with you. Um, now, for all of you that are listeners and want or have your own journey to tell, make sure uh, if you'd like to apply to be on the podcast, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com. Love to hear, have you on and uh, hear your journey. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you can get notifications as all the new episodes come out. Lastly, if you ever need help with, pat or help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Well, Thank you guys for coming on to the podcast. It's been fun to hear a bit about both of your journeys and look forward to the, uh, seeing how things continue on, on for you and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. I appreciate it. it.